next stop, Jurassic Park. At least that's what many are thinking. A horse. His name is Kurt, and he's a clone. Yes, you heard me right. He's a clone, and scientists are foaming at the mouth for more. What's next? Kurt is a Chevalsky breed of horse. It's an endangered species native to Asia, and an ever-decreasing genetic diversity means that the breed itself is developing problems, accelerating its path to extinction. The Chevalsky is already extinct in the wild. Enter Kurt, a clone from DNA preserved about 40 years ago. Scientists hope Kurt will strengthen the breed so that maybe they can run free in the wild once again. As for me, I'm wondering how far away we are from a real-life Jurassic Park experience. Cloning. It's fascinating what humans are capable of. But there's one thing we will never do. Save ourselves. That's the job of Jesus. Lived, died, rose again, all to rescue us. Welcome to Haven Today. I'm Charles Morris, sharing with you the great story that's all about Jesus. And we are on a Thursday in our series called Nobody Wins Alone. In a moment, we're going to hear another underdog story, Mephibosheth. He was unwanted. He was unloved. He was the grandson of King David's enemy, and he feared for his life. But David the king showed him kindness. It's a powerful story that teaches us how the Lord himself shows kindness to all who are born his natural enemies, yet he still shows so many grace. We've also been thinking about another underdog this week and the life of football player Kurt Warner. Here's how he described his religious experience growing up. You know, when I was growing up, uh, you know, I was raised in the church, um, you know, had a religious background. But uh, all through my life, you know, for, for a long period of time anyways, I always had my life on one side and my Lord was on the other. And they were always two separate things. And I was over here and I was living my life and doing the things that uh, I shot, thought I should be doing. You know, trying to live a good life by, uh, by human standards. And then whenever I screwed that up, or whenever my mom made me go to church, I got over to this side and, uh, you know, prayed and, and, and did those things. But they were always separate things. And about four years ago, thanks to the help of my wife, and some really close friends of mine, I was, uh, I was born again. Kurt Warner, sharing at the Billy Graham crusade back in 1999. When you watch the new movie made about its life called American Underdog, you'll see this transformation. He put aside his idol of football, and he began to follow Christ instead. And that's when God opened some pretty exciting doors for him to glorify his God. After the program, I'd like to send you a copy of this DVD for your gift to this listener-supported ministry. Whether you like football or not, this compelling and heartwarming story will remind you how our lives can truly change when we submit to the Lord and live for Him. Our number to call after the program is 800-65-HAVEN, 800-65-HAVEN. Or you can make your gift online. And yes, you can get it online now. 
Let me apologize to everyone who tried to request American Underdog on our website and were unable to get it the last few days. We discovered a glitch yesterday afternoon that was preventing online giving. That's all fixed now. So you can easily make your gift and ask for American Underdog at haventoday.org. That's haventoday.org. And yes, we still have the Red Sea rules for your gift as well. And now let's open the program with two singers with a first name, Matt, Matt Boswell and Matt Papa. The praise is now, awake the dawn, we'll greet your mercy with a song. Your people stand and sing for all your loving kindness. You've carried us in faithfulness upon the paths of righteousness. Our gracious King, you've crowned us with your loving kindness. How great is your loving kindness, O God of goodness. Our joy forever to sing the glad refrain of grace that saved us, of sweet Shadows deep where doubts trace every step it seems, but as the darkness breaks, we'll see the morning promise. How upon the cross the greatest gift there ever was of loving kindness life laid down to rescue us with arms outstretched upon the cross the greatest gift
opening this haven today, a song loving kindness, Matt Boswell and Matt Papa, a haven today called Nobody Wins Alone. I'm Charles Morris. Thanks for joining me here on Thursday. You know, Jesus has a heart for the underdogs. When he sees the weak or the outcast, his heart moves and he goes out of his way to minister to them. We see it throughout the Gospels, don't we? Jesus going out of his way to talk to the Samaritan woman at the well. She was an outcast in her community. He called Levi, whose name we know as Matthew, a tax collector. He was hated by his fellow Jews. Peter was an uneducated Galilean. And through all those stories and many more, Jesus repeatedly showed us his heart for the underdog. And he even used the underdog to accomplish great things for his kingdom. I saw this firsthand the last few days when I was in Cuba. I love spending time with the people in Cuba. They remain underdogs in their communities, but the Christians continue to trust in the Lord and shine his glory for everyone to see. There was a man there last Sunday that I met with a physical disability, quite visible for all to see, and it hindered his mobility. It makes it hard for him to participate in his society. But he was there at church, and I believe the Lord brought him there to remind me of something. We are all underdogs, one way or another, and the Lord welcomes all of us to his table. Some are able to walk there. Some he goes and finds to lead them, and some he finds and carries them to his table. It doesn't matter our physical ailments, our mental capabilities, even our social standing. What matters is the love of Christ and how he meets us where we are to bring us to his table. When I was a child, I had polio. I probably would have had total paralysis for the rest of my life had it not been for medical care I received at the urging of our amazing Christian family physician making sure my parents took me to a nearby hospital in Wichita. I got polio the same year the salt vaccine was discovered. And even after being polio-free, my body suffers today even from post-polio symptoms. Chronic fatigue has been with me ever since. Spending the last half of my childhood in Oklahoma, I can remember wanting to play team sports so badly as a youth, watching my friends play baseball and basketball and football, and it was hard on me. I wanted to play, not because I think I would have been a great player. No, I think I wanted to play because I wanted to be a part of the team. One of my colleagues here at Haven Today recently told me that that was really the only reason he played football in high school. He almost never saw any game time, but he joined the team just to be part of the team and spend time with his friends. The camaraderie was enough. Belonging was enough. And I think deep down, all of us want that. We all want to belong. We all want to be loved and valued by others. Not for what we can contribute, but simply for us. This is what we want. We want to be somewhere. We want to belong to a group where it doesn't matter what we can provide or do for everyone. It matters that we are just there. Our culture we live in tells us that what we can produce is most important. But we really long for something deeper. 
somewhere that tells us, I'm just glad you're here. And that's how Jesus treated people and how he still treats us today. I think of the man born blind, physically unable to participate in his ancient society. He was an outcast. Even the disciples thought he or his parents must have committed some great sin to make him blind. But Jesus welcomed him in. He healed his blindness. Or the man who was paralyzed, unable to even reach Jesus physically. His friends, though, were determined to get him there. They even interrupted Jesus' teaching by opening up the thatched roof of palm fronds on the roof. But Jesus didn't tell them to quiet down and get out. He just looked down as the man had been lowered and simply loved this man. And he healed him. And for Jesus, it was never about how much you can do for him. It was always about his love for us and others. And simply being in their presence was enough. I think we still need to hear this today. The Lord is still not concerned with how much you can do. He isn't concerned with what you can't do. And when King David finally took his throne after escaping King Saul for many years, everyone expected him to do what ancient kings typically did, wipe out the entire family line of the previous king. Saul and his son Jonathan had died in battle, but there were still others in Saul's line that were still left. Everyone thought David was going to kill them all, and everyone expected a man named Mephibosheth to be the first in line to die. Here's how the book of Samuel describes Mephibosheth. Jonathan, son of Saul, had a son who was lame in both feet. He was five years old when the news about Saul and Jonathan came from Jezreel. His nurse picked him up and fled. But as she hurried to leave, he fell and became disabled. His name was Mephibosheth. He was the son of Jonathan, grandson of King Saul, already marked as one of David's enemies, and he was disabled. The text telling us it had to do with his feet. Most likely, he was paralyzed after being dropped as a child. A heartbreaking reality. Being disabled in the ancient world meant you were an outcast. And being a grandson of a rival family meant you were prime target for the following king. Mephibosheth was unwanted and unloved. And sadly, many disabled individuals in our world today experience these same attitudes. He was unloved, and he was an enemy of David because of his family name. But David, David, arranged to have Mephibosheth brought to the royal palace. Now imagine the fear that must have entered his heart. Maybe he was hoping no one would remember him. He could just hide out the rest of his life. Maybe he was just hoping to live out his days in solitude. As painful as that may have been, it was better than being put to death. But King David found him, and King David arranged a meeting. So David's men went out. They went out. They had to carry Mephibosheth to David's house. And what happened next is the twist to the story. Let me read it from the word. When Mephibosheth, son of Jonathan, the son of Paul, came to David, he bowed down to pay him honor. Think how hard that must have been for him, physically hard. And David called him by name and said, Mephibosheth, 
at your service, he probably replied with a stutter. Don't be afraid, David said to him, for I will surely show you kindness for the sake of your father, Jonathan. Remember, Jonathan was David's good friend. I will restore to you all the land that belonged to your grandfather, Saul, and you will always eat at my table. But Phibosheth bowed down and said, What is your servant that you should notice a dead dog like me? And the king summoned Ziba, Saul's steward, and said to him, I have given your master's grandson everything that belonged to Saul and his family. You and your sons and your servants are to farm the land for him and bring in the crops so that your master's grandson may be provided for. And Mephibosheth, grandson of your master, will always eat at my table. Well, there's the story. He was carried to the table. He was brought before the king where he thought he was going to be killed. But the first words out of David's mouth were, don't be afraid. Ever heard that before? Sometimes we come into the Lord's presence like that, don't we? Expecting the wrath of God or his displeasure because we aren't able to do as much as we think he wants us to do. But he gently encourages us. He tells us, don't be afraid. David was just glad Mephibosheth was there. The Lord is just glad when we come into his presence and tells us, don't be afraid. We receive his grace and we can then rejoice in his presence. But in that story I just shared, it got better. David didn't just tell Mephibosheth he was safe. He told him that he would always have somewhere to eat, always have someone to eat with. David welcomed him in. He invited him to the table and even made sure he could get to the table. Just like Christ, who invites us all, no matter our abilities, no matter our physical infirmities, no matter how much or how little we have or we do, there is a seat for us at the table. And he will carry us there, if that's the way it has to be. We simply receive his grace by faith, and we can then rejoice that he loves us. Don't be afraid. Just like David said, he prepares a table for me. Christ has done just that, living, dying, rising again for us. He leads us to the table, and we will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Wounded and forsaken, I was shattered by the fall. Broken and forgotten, feeling lost and all alone. Summoned by the King. Master's courts Lifted by the Savior And cradled in His arms I was carried to the table Seated where I don't belong Carried to the table Swept away by his love And I don't see my brokenness anymore When I'm seated at 
stories we've shared today, especially the story of Mephibosheth. That's the Cashmans and carried to the table on a haven today. Nobody wins alone. Don't you love true stories like the one we just heard about Mephibosheth? Don't worry, I won't quiz you on how to spell his name. But when you hear real stories about God's grace working in a human life like yours or mine, it inspires us even encourages us to know that God works with underdogs like you and me. And that's how I felt when I saw the new movie on Kurt Warner's life called American Underdog. This family film shows him going from stocking shelves at a supermarket to becoming a two-time NFL MVP and Super Bowl champ. You know, everybody's going to be tired of hearing this, but I never get tired of saying it. There's one reason that I'm standing up on this stage today. 
That's because of my Lord up above. I got to say thanks to Jesus. You knew I was going to do it, and I got to do it. That's Kurt Warner giving praise to his Lord after the game that put them into the Super Bowl. But let me add something. There is so much more to his story than football. And that's why you don't have to be a football fan to enjoy this movie. The film centers on Warner's life to become a great player, but how his dreams weren't realized until he put the idol of football behind him and followed Christ and provided for his family. American Underdog is an inspiring journey of faith and family and determination that will remind you God works through regular people like you and me. I want to send you the American Underdog DVD for your gift of support to Haven today. You just need to call us. And call us right now, why don't you? At 800-65-HAVEN. 800-65-HAVEN. Or go visit our website and make your gift for American Underdog there. We apologize to those who visited the last few days only to read that we were out of stock. The glitch has now been fixed and we have plenty of this great DVD in stock. So go visit us, would you, right now at haventoday.org. That's haventoday.org. And don't forget, we still have the Red Sea rules for your gift as well. I'm Charles Morris. Thanks for joining me. Come back again tomorrow on Friday, won't you? When again together, we get to meet up and share the great story. It's all about Jesus here on Haven Today. Here for your encouragement and your walk with Jesus, I'm Charles Morris with Haven Ministries, inviting you to anchor your day in God's Word. Nonsense. It's a fun word to say that seems to be losing popularity nowadays. But there are still a lot of things that are nonsensical, even if we don't use the word. And we sure like to think that we know better than everyone else, don't we? It's part of our sinful condition. But sinners aren't wise, at least not when it comes to salvation. Remember 1 Corinthians 1.18? For the message of the cross is foolishness to those perishing. But to us who are being saved, it is the power of God. The unbelieving world scoffs at the gospel. It seems like nonsense, but through this message, the God of all the universe is at work redeeming a people for his great name. Anchor Devotional is available in print monthly. Visit getanchor.com.